0: Welcome in, welcome in pile, Jim along with the Buckeye boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. It is the one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Got something you want to complain about? Like we're supposed to get more snow. I've, I've had it with winter. I'm done. I'm ready for spring to be here. Tired of it. A little snow's fine, particularly around Christmas time. New Year's, that's okay. That's fine. We're coming up on March. I want it to be gone. Simple as that. All right. Also, I'd like a turn lane right there by, um, oh, it's the Conoco on uh, 24 Road. Right there, Kitty Quarter from Boston's, right in there.
1: Oh, the stop and safe?
0: Yeah, that yeah. as you're going as you're going east, and you're in the right-hand lane by the bank by A and B Bank. Yeah, there's not a turn lane. You have to get off into the dirt. People always people sitting there, and you're going, okay, can I just can I just turn? They're going straight. It it drives me crazy. Just one of many many things that are uh, grinding my gears today. We're getting ready to move, so. Found a big hole under a refrigerator in the new house so you could replace the the subfloor. It's uh, not not every bit of it, but they have to replace part of it. But anyway, that's what's grinding my gears today. What about you, Buckeye? Uh, nothing really. Today. Nothing really from you? No. Nothing at all? No, not, not really. Not a peep? Nothing? No. Nobody screwed up your order? Nothing no. like Nothing like that? Okay. Well, that's good. That's No, and I don't
1: I mean, I don't want to echo you know, the winter thing because we can do that again in 10 months.
0: <laughs> and we can we can do there's tomorrow. another one coming around, yeah. you know.
1: So That's how that usually works. As I get older, the realization dawns on me that there's going to be another one that may be worse, so I'm not going to tempt the gods by complaining about this. one.
0: Okay. It's fair enough. That's fair. All right. So we had the start of the girls' state basketball tournament last night. Boys get their their opportunity tonight to start their respective state tournaments. So we'll talk with John Sedanich, Central Boys coach. They have Palmer tonight. We'll also talk with Ryan Vohringer. They have Harrison over on the Monkey. And we do want to give you an idea of what our coverage looks like tonight because it's a very, very... Busy Wednesday night. More busy than it normally is this time of the year because we normally don't have Mesa playing on a Wednesday night. That's what we got going on tonight. And so I'll have the Mesa games, Mesa-Westminster tonight on the team, pregame at 515, Joe V. Hill back here at the studios. And then over on 1100 KNZZ, you'll be out covering Central. Mm-hmm. Greg Wentz will be out covering Fruit of Monument in Fairview and that'll start at 545, so it'll be full court coverage over on 1100 KNZZ of both Fruit of Monument and Central's games tonight.
1: Mm -hmm. But wait, there's more.
0: There's more. The Montrose boys, they have Harrison tonight at 7 o'clock. Larry Newland and Pat Hooley will have that starting right around 645. Over on the Monkey, which is 95.7 here in the Valley. In Montrose, 93.5 for our Highway 50 games of the week because we had the Montrose girls who won last night. And uh, so we'll have uh, Larry and Pat with the, with a call on that one tonight. Dane Campbell back here at the studios for that one. And then the Delta Boys are on the road. They play at Kent Denver at 530 tonight. And Mark Cantor will have that. And that will be over at 957themonkey.com. Click on the Highway 50 Game of the Week link because Mark's streaming is right there. It's linked to that page. And you can stream the Delta Boys taking on Kent Denver tonight. So we have a lot going on. Today's show's a busy one. Central coach John Sedanich, Ryan Boehringer, Montrose Redhawks coach, Jake Hageriford, a one boys basketball coach. Uh, we'll also have Brian Roth, voice of the CSU Rams, and Connor McGahee will join us as well. The radio voice of the Avalanche, getting a couple of uh, wins this past weekend at St. Louis, and then came back home and had the, the wild one on Sunday, where they went it in overtime 6-5 to five over the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, Kale McCarr and the, con- the concussion protocol. Got a clip of Jared Bednar talking about that coming up in just a little bit. Uh, also, uh, Bednar talking about the return of Gabriel Landeskog. So, uh, uh, we'll also talk with Connor about that as well. So, it's a very busy morning here on the program. So, uh, it is a wine about a Wednesday, though. If there's, so, if there's something you want to get off your chest, complain about it, do it now. 970-242-1340. That's the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. Nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. I got one more. It's about Nate Oates. He did apologize, the Alabama coach. Oh, but I don't know. Did you catch what Nate Oates said? No. Well, Nate Oates had a comment about Brandon Miller.
1: Oh yes, I did and, see and, this. And
0: his freshman Ford's role in the death of a twenty-three-year-old woman last month. Now, you mean him. bringing the guy who shot her the gun? Yes. That role? That role. I was going to get to that. Sorry. It's working my way there. Former Alabama player Darius Miles kicked off the team after being arrested for a capital murder charge in the shooting of 23-year-old Jamia Harris in Tuscaloosa, January 15th. Two days after the murder, found out that Miles had provided the gun used by 20-year-old Michael Buzz Davis to shoot Harris. That's not where the story ends. Police detective testified that Miller brought a gun to Miles that was later used in the killing. The gun belonged to Miles, and Miller brought it to his former teammate at Miles' request. Miller's not just some dude. He is leading score for Alabama. He's playing all 27 of their games this season. Nate Oates said that Miller was not in any trouble despite bringing the gun to Miles. Quote, we knew about that. Can't control everything everybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he any type of trouble in this case. Wrong spot at the wrong time. Wow. That's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? About yeah, I... about just the your player provided a gun. To a former teammate that was used in the murder of a woman. No, thing that's, not that gets me is that's, that's not wrong place, wrong time. No, and nobody knew this was going to happen. Yeah, they did. The guy that
1: asked <laughs> yeah. for the gun knew he was going to use it. Exactly. And the guy that brought him the gun, no questions asked about what he was going to do with probably that gun. knew what was going to happen.
0: I, I just. You know, And here's, in, in fairness to Nate Oates, we'll read the statement that was released. I thought it was important for me to clarify the unfortunate remarks I made earlier. This entire time, I've tried to be thoughtful in my words relative to this tragic incident, and my statements came across poorly. You think? Wow, that, that's the understatement of a generation. <laughs> you basically said... My guy didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Just a poor poor young man that was in the wrong place, wrong time. No, he wasn't. He brought a gun to a former teammate that was used in a murder. That's not wrong place, wrong time, dude.
1: And unfortunately, I read a Dan Wetzel piece on Yahoo Sports about this last night. Unfortunately, under the Alabama law as it stands, yeah, he's not in any legal trouble. Yeah. He's not in any legal hot water, and therefore the university can skate with, oh, he's not in any trouble. He's not in any legal trouble. Technically, the coach is right. But, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, under the law in Alabama, he's right. But also,
1: as Dan Wetzel says, this this kid could have avoided, prevented, or at least delayed in
0: some fashion this car being shot into. Could Miles have got a gun from somebody else? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but he wouldn't have had a role in it. Right. Miller wouldn't have had a role in that. And he does, whether legally or not. If you're if you're him, you you've got to carry this on your soul. You gave a gun to somebody that used it in a murder. You got to carry this with you. And this isn't isn't about Second Amendment rights or anything like that. This is you brought a you, you brought a gun to somebody that you probably had a pretty good idea
1: what they were gonna use.
0: Planned for. on using it for something that wasn't out for target practice or hunting or somebody's threatening him or something like that. I, I just for for Oates oh, just to, to kind of phrase it as, Well, kids are kids. What the wrong place, wrong time. What what an, an absolutely insensitive way of phrasing that. And if it wasn't, Gats the leading scorer in his team, best player, mm-hmm. then to wonder how they would perceive how they would proceed with this, right?
1: Yeah, if he wasn't a potential player of the year candidate, would he still be on this team?
0: Yeah, and then and then this you know this apology. You know, that my prayers go out to Jamea Harris's family. Well, where was that in the initial statement? Not initially, they didn't. Not initially. It was like, my guy didn't do anything wrong. There's not a problem here. Just wrong place, wrong time. Uh, Just a big whoopsie. Uh, Oops. I I just, I don't, I mean, I don't know Nate Oates that well as a coach or i mean i I know a coach at alabama they're really good this year i i don't know i don't know the history of nate Oates. right i know this much though about this brief thing that i read from him class a jerk Mm -hmm. you can you can feel like you got your players back but not come off as an absolute insensitive human being about that young woman being killed Right, yeah. I mean, you you don't you can have your players back as much as you possibly can in this case, and still come off as empathetic, heartbroken, sad that this happened to somebody, and it's one that two of your players, well now one former, were involved in this. I I just when I read that statement, I'm going man i just it just blew me away who Um, was
1: the baylor coach when
0: all that went down you remember who that was oh gosh
1: this is bordering on that level of tone deaf
0: yeah i'm trying to remember gosh his name
1: i don't remember right off the top of my head dave bliss dave bliss It's kind of Dave Bliss territory, isn't it? A little bit.
0: Yeah, that Patrick Dennehy. um, Dave Bliss. We can get out of this. There's nobody right now that can say that we paid Patrick Dennehy because he's dead. (laughs) Because they were under NCAA rules violations. Yeah. And Dennehy got killed. And so they, they... they played it up that he was a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. He got Spoiler alert: He, he got, wasn't. Spoiler, spoiler alert: He wasn't a drug dealer, but they played it up like he was. Nate Oates is walking into that into Dave Bliss territory with this. Yes, he is. I'm just being an absolute Delta Bravo.
1: What a dirtbag!
0: Okay, I, I get it legally, in Alabama state law. Okay, legally, m- you know, Miller's not not in any trouble. But for you to have the reaction that you had of, yep, nope, not our problem. We can't control what guys do when they're not at practice. Not not our deal. Stuff happens. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, just blows me away. And then beep beep beep. Here comes here comes the apology through a statement, not him sitting down in front of cameras going. And look, I, that was an absolutely dreadful thing I said.
1: Oh, he, there's no way he's going to go let I, I just, himself be questioned.
0: I, I just, I, I just always love that. You said something awful, horrible, terrible, but you're not man enough to get in front of mics again and go. I said a horrible, terrible thing. It was awful that that I didn't acknowledge her death, didn't acknowledge the the the, the heartbreak to her family, and that it was all about protecting my guy. Do I, do I hold Nate Oates responsible for what happened? No, I don't hold him responsible. He's He is right in what th- his players do away from the court. That's what they do. You try to, I think, instill as much discipline, leadership, mentorship, guidance to young men as you possibly can so they don't go and do things like this. But when they do it, you can't just go, eh, what, Nothing I, to see here. I I was not here at practice, so yeah. why is that? Why is that my problem? And he can apologize all day long, and it it doesn't make it any better. It just just doesn't. Anyway, if you got some thoughts on that today, I I just it does.
1: Does it not? At least for me, this is maybe, and this is just me. Kind of makes me raise an eyebrow. at due diligence in the recruiting area for. Uh, the old hedge coach ski there, right? Like, I wonder, don't you? Former player shot into a car because of an argument because dude wanted to get down with a woman. She said no, and then he texts his buddy for a gun, and his buddy first reaction is like, yeah, bro, OMW, what do you on want? my way. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> and so there's two guys from that program that both of them thought this was a good idea. To me that makes me like
0: uh, eh, maybe you're not recruiting the most um uh the, the, the best character guys for your program. So maybe just may, put yeah. Maybe that's that's the maybe that's the way to phrase that. And then I don't know, Nate Oats isn't any better because look at the way he <laughs> look at the way he handled it. like, "Oh, well, stuff happens." Hey, look, we're one of the top teams in the country."
1: Mhm. Yeah, he that, didn't, that hey, he didn't pull better.
0: the trigger. That guy's our best player. Yeah, he might have given him the gumbuddy. Yeah, he didn't pull the trigger, so we're okay here.
1: I mean, he transported it, made sure it was loaded, <laughs> delivered it, and didn't say Cleaned anything. And, but he didn't pull the trigger.
0: Yeah. All right. And, and Hashtag look, I, loopholes. I, I don't want to get into this whole Second Amendment thing, and it, it's because that's not what this is about. It's about taking responsibility for somebody being sh- murdered. And you provided the weapon for that to happen. Mm-hmm. All right, 717. John Sedanich coming up in a moment. It is time for What's Happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest. If you're looking to upgrade your computer system, they're your technology partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. Things like PC and server support, surveillance, new business phone system like we have here at the radio station. Thank you, ComWest, cybersecurity network support, and backup and disaster recovery. Give them a call today if they can help you, and they want to help you with your technology needs. Call ComWest today. Give Nathan a shout, 970 242 42. We start out with the Girls State Basketball Tournament, which started last night for several area teams. The Fertile Monument Girls Basketball Team advances to the next round of the 6A State Tournament after a 59-55 home win last night over Fossil Ridge. Liv Campbell paced the Wildcats with 20 points, including two clutch free throws with two seconds left to put her team up by four. They will go on for the win. Furta Coach Jeff Johnson says those free throws were the keys to victory.
1: One of our big keys was uh, getting to the free throw line and making our free throws. I think before those last three or four that we made, we missed four in a row or something like that. But uh, we made them when they were clutch, Uh, ties the game, and that's what we want to do
0: is the game at the free throw line. Wildcats will play at Doherty in the second round. Doherty defeated Rocky Mountain 75-62. to A scoreless second quarter doomed the Central girls basketball team in their 43-39 to loss last night at Centaurus in the first round of the 5A state tournament. Centaurus outscored Central 27-11 to in the first half. You
2: know, that's kind of plagued us this season. You know, we just have these quarters, but just get on our heels and we don't do the things we're really good
0: at. Warriors coach Mary Doan, Central cut the lead to four in the fourth quarter, but injuries to leading scorer Christina Manzanares and Allie Stilson hurt Central's comeback bid. Manzanares scored 12 to lead the Warriors with two threes, and she was four for four from a foul line. Central went 20-5 and last season and made it to the 4A Sweet 16. The Montrose girls basketball team won their 5A opener last night, beating Mesa Ridge on their home floor 46-31. to Montrose led by Briar Moss last night. She had 20 points for Montrose. Heather Power had nine for the Red Hawks. So Montrose, they get the win and they will travel to take on second seeded Roosevelt. Coming up on Saturday in 4A, the Delta girls basketball team is moving on to the next round after drilling Englewood 91 36. Panthers will host Severns Friday at 6 o'clock in the next round. The area boys high school basketball team start their postseason tonight in 6A. The 20 2 Southwestern League champion Fruit Monument boys host 15 8 Fairview at 6 o'clock. The Knights are paced by Elliot Moskowitz at 14.7 points per game and 5A Central's at home, with the 16 6 Warriors hosting 13 10 Palmer. The tears are led by Jameer Satchel at 16 points per game. Warriors also tip off at 6, and 1100 KNZZ will have full court coverage starting at 545 tonight. Also in 5A, Montrose boys host Harrison at 7 o'clock. You can hear that game on the monkey with pregame at 645. You can catch the game at 93.5 FM in Montrose. In 4A, Delta's on the road as the Panthers play Kent Denver. Kent Denver's paced by Jay Royal at 17.3 points per game. You can hear that game by going to 95.7themonkey.com and clicking on the Highway 50 Game of the Week link. Cutter but a freshman, Olivia Reed, is the RMAC Women's Basketball Defensive Player of the Week. Reed averaged 21 points, 17 rebounds in two blocks per game, and wins over New Mexico, Highlands, and CSU Pueblo. The Maverick men and women host Westminster tonight at Brownson Arena. Pre-game for the women starts at 5.15 on the team CMU Sports Network, brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance. And that's a look at... What's happening? Once again, brought to you by our friends at ComWest. If you have technology needs, give them a call today, 970 242 42. We'll take a break and we'll come back. And up next, we'll talk with Central Boys Coach John Sedanich. That's next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network.
3: Touchdown every morning. The Jim Davis
1: Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Central Boys basketball with Coach John Sedanich on the team.
0: And John Sedanich brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Central boys open up the 5A state tournament at home tonight when they take on Palmer. Warriors coach John Sedanich joins us. Good morning, John. How are you? Good, Jim. How are you? I'm doing fine, John. Uh, Of course, uh, you're into the 5A state tournament. Uh, Good finish to the season. I know you would have liked to have had that that crack of winning the Southwestern League title, but boy... You, uh, you went to Fruita's place and gave them everything they could handle, uh, double overtime, you lose at 53-47 before, uh, of course, after that, you wrapped up the season with the win against Grand Junction, 53-44, but I think, uh, you know, looking at the way your team's played the last month or so, you have to be pleased about the, the way your guys have uh, responded here heading into the postseason.
2: Yeah, I, you know, you you always kind of go back and reflect a little bit this time of year, and um as you're getting ready to move into the next part of of the season but yeah I, I don't you know i i think back jim and i don't know if there's you know maybe at the right at the end of christmas break we weren't playing real well i think we were a little bit tired but other than that i think probably you know 20 of our games we competed and um kids did the things we asked them to do and uh just happy with the way we're playing right now
0: yeah, you won nine out of your last 11, and the, the two you lost were to Fruta, and one was double overtime, the other one was a, a close game, uh, 44-39. So your team has been playing really good basketball here to, down the stretch, and, and now you open up with Palmer. They come in 13-10 and 10 on the season, and when you look at the numbers for them, Jameer Satchel's been their, their best player, 16 points per game, averages almost five rebounds per contest. Uh, what have you seen on Film of Satchel and what uh what he brings to the table and the challenge that he presents to your basketball team tonight?
2: Yeah, I've been watching film since Sunday morning and um feel like I know them personally. Um just with the way you can watch film now. I think I've watched about seven games of theirs. Um, but yeah, I yeah, he's uh he's a difference maker. Um, they had a um, couple games where I know against Doherty, he started the game on a 12 0 run by himself. Um, they were playing uh, uh, Mesa Ridge, who I think is the two seed, if I remember. Uh, they lost to them twice, once in overtime. Uh, and he they were down 10, oh, probably with about two and a half minutes left. And um, man, he's really good at getting the lane. He went on another 10 0 run by himself and, and tied that game up. And. Uh, so we're going to have to keep him out of the middle. And um, he doesn't, uh, just looking at the numbers and w- watching, he doesn't look like a, um, a, a a three-point shooter. I think he's only taken 20 on the entire year, but he's got a great mid-range jumper and uh, just looks like he's going to be, we're going to have to contain him. And, and then he's got shooters all around him. So uh, it's going to be a different different speed. We're going to have to adjust to that tonight. And I think if we do that, we'll, will be
0: competitive. John St. Hey, go to the central boys basketball team with us and, and one of those really good perimeter players around Satchel is Aiden Yunker. He's hit uh, 33 threes on the season to lead them.
2: Yeah, what number is he, Jim? He's I don't number he's number two. Number two, yeah. He's yeah. Yeah, they're they're an interesting because you know, they play a senior uh junior and then they have six sophomores. Uh, so they're uh very young and athletic and uh, yeah, he's a six-five kid that, and I think of uh, we we're looking at his numbers. He's taken hundred and forty some shots on the year, and ninety-six of those are threes. Uh, so he likes to sit in the corner and uh, wait for that wait for that ball to get in the lane and kicked out to him. So uh, we've been working on how we're going to adjust to that a little bit too.
0: He's the coach of the sixteen and six Central Warriors. John Sedanich joins us. And John, when when you look at uh, on film what they do defensively, half court trap. Webby, they're a half court defense zone man. What were some of the defensive challenges, both full and half court, that uh, the Terrors pose?
2: Yeah, I you know they've they've done different things, uh, just kind of depending on who they're playing. But I expect them to come out and pressure us full court, a uh, little two uh, two one uh, press that they run, and uh, some man. Man, press, and you know we're going to have to take care of the ball. I think, obviously, this time of year, and I think that's one of the things that's made us better this year. I, I think last year we averaged over twenty turnovers a game. I think anytime you're a young varsity team, you're you're going to have those challenges, and and this year we've cleaned that up, and uh, for the most part, you know, stayed right around twelve, fourteen turnovers a game. And if we could do that tonight, we'll we'll have a
0: shot. And I think one of the the keys for your basketball team is that. You know, with with Christian Miller, Braylon, Scott, Cam Redding, Santana Martinez, all those guys in that 8-point, 9-point range with, with Christian leading the way with 9 points per game. The, there's, there's no way to really key on, is there? If you're the opposition facing your team, it's like, okay, who is the go-to guy? Because there's a lot of guys on your team that can step up and score the basketball.
3: Yeah,
2: I think, I think that's what uh, one of the things I've enjoyed so much this year is, you know, we haven't had to rely on anybody. It's um, you know, Christian can Christian's had a 20 point game. Uh, I think Cam had a 20 point game early in the year. You know, Braylon had a 17 point game. Andrew's played really well since we got into league and has had some double figure games. And Santana seems like he always finds a way to get 12 or 13 points. And, you know, Jackson came off the bench one game and had 20. And so, yeah, I, I think, um, when you look at, scouting us, I think that's probably a challenge because you can't, um, you know, you can't really just leave somebody open. And um, you got to pay attention to everybody when, no matter what combination we have on the floor.
1: Central head coach John Sedanich joining us on the Jim Davis Show. Does that help you guys? Maybe do some of the smaller things well, playing better defense, rebounding. When a guy like, say, Braylon Scott is third quarter, he's only got two points, but he knows it's not all on him. He's got three or four other guys that can score. That allows him to maybe not press so much about needing to get into scoring, but he can focus on other things like defense or rebounding or you know, maybe it's a Serrano guarding the best shooter type of thing. Do you think that helps kind of even out some other areas when you have multiple scores like that?
0: yeah
2: and you know and the kids have been great about that they haven't you know i think that's they just haven't cared who scored this year and uh you know Bray, in fact Braylon's had the attitude most of the year that because he gets he gets double team most of the time once he once he gets the ball and he's like you know i'm okay getting four or five assists because i know the other guys are gonna step up and and score for me and They all have that attitude. In fact, we were working on just some in-the-game situations last night. And, uh, you know, Jackson's Jackson Amos is one of our – he's just a really, you know, pure shooter. And Christian's like, Coach, if it comes down to the end of the game, you better get Jackson out there for me. He's like, take me out and put Jackson in. So it's just – to me it was just kind of, you know, here's a senior going into a playoff game going – hey, if, if we need a three-pointer at the end of the game, make sure, you know, it's it's okay to put Jackson in for me. And and I, I think as a coach, that's, you know, kind of all you can hope for. So, so that was cool.
0: We'll be part of our full-court coverage tonight over on 1100 KNZZ because we have Maverick basketball on the team tonight. Uh, the Central boys uh, scoring off against Palmer, and then, of course, we'll have coverage of the Fruittel Monument boys and uh, their matchup tonight when they take on Fairview, it all starts at 5:45 on 1100 KNZZ, 92.7 FM. Full court coverage brought to you by Ken Richards, State Farm Insurance. John, I always appreciate the time. Best of luck to you and the Warriors tonight against Palmer.
2: Yeah, hopefully we'll get to talk to you at least one more time, Jim.
0: Hopefully so. You get, got, <laughs> I'm doing mace tonight. You're getting you're getting Buckeye tonight, but hopefully we'll we'll get you back on the show after a hopefully talk about a win tonight uh, against Palmer.
3: Yeah, that'd
2: be great. All right, we'll talk to you soon.
0: All right, take care, John. John Sedan is correct to right. the Central Boys basketball team. Once again, uh, both the Fruity game and the Central game on 1100 KNZZ this evening starting at 545. That's what they call the old
1: courtside downgrade is me out there.
0: No, no. Tonight. You do a fantastic job. You'll be... John's always glad to see you. Yeah? Yes, he he's always glad to see you. Usually, that's when people are happy to talk to me is because they won, usually. <laughs> so I that's find, the reason. I find coaches are usually much happier to talk to you regardless who you are yeah. if they win. Yeah, oh, exactly. That's, that's yes. just kind of a common common theme there. Mm-hmm. All right, 732. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. Text to call the sh- show today, 970-242-1340. Uh, well, coming up next hour, Ryan volringer Montrose coach, set to join us. We'll preview uh, their matchup with Harrison tonight over on the Monkey and uh, also uh, Jake Aguera in the 9 o'clock hour. Fruta and Fairview tonight to open up the 6A basketball tournament. All right, 7.33 and coming up in a moment uh, got some sound from Jared Bednar talking about um, the situation involving Kale McCarr in the concussion protocol and also the return of Gabriel Landeskog. And then we'll go even deeper at 8.40 this morning uh, with the radio voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahey. So uh, that's coming up. It is a Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine, 970-242-1340. We're uh, talking about the comments made by uh, Nate Oates, the Alabama coach. That initially about his player providing the gun to the former player that shot and killed a woman, that it was, well, wrong place, wrong time. Can't control what kids do and they're mm-hmm. not a practice. He has since apologized for that. Eh. In a statement. Yeah. But come on. What he's what he said was how he felt. My What guy, he said initially, yeah. My guy's not in trouble. That's the only thing that matters to me. Is that my leading score. Is not in trouble, mm-hmm. and so we're going to be okay. It's not. I have nothing. This has nothing to do with us as a basketball team. That's the the sense you get from Nate Oates when he made the initial comment. Uh let's see. Let's see from Kenny. Um, <laughs> we were trying to remember who was the Baylor coach. Yeah, he said it's Art Briles. Uh a coach also had some problems uh, at Baylor. At Baylor yeah. as well.
1: So we're like, right, right program, wrong coach. Yeah. He's like, yeah, they had some great programs there, didn't they?
0: I guess I should shut up. I'm. I mean, we just we did produce the juice. Yeah. Yeah, you. Did. I'll
1: defend Kenny, and USC in this that the football coach, what John McKay, right? Jim McKay, Bull, somewhere under anyway. Jim McKay
0: was the broadcaster. Be John McKay. Same thing. In no, anyway,
1: it's not. <laughs> he didn't really uh, enable the juice.
0: Not the world, that was, of, yeah. Well, the, but
1: that was well after. Yeah, his what, playing career was
0: over. Yeah, it was after he. You, you know what I mean? Can't hold that on USC. Can't hold it on right. the Buffalo
1: Bills. So we'll defend USC on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, the coach essentially said. Oh, a woman died. My guy do it. Okay, he didn't pull. Okay, good. Okay, good. Best uh, case scenario. Yeah, nothing to see here. Yeah,
0: can't control what guys do when they're not at practice. Yeah, that's, so I'll defend USC a little bit. Yeah, you're. Yeah, I any and even you know the situation with you know Reggie Bush and guys getting paid. That's that doesn't rise anywhere to this level. Okay, no, <laughs> doesn't even come close to that. Kenny, you're okay. You're okay.
1: Yeah, you'd be all right, I think.
0: All right, 736. It is time for Soundcheck.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
1: Well, this came out over the weekend, but we talked about it yesterday a little bit, the death of Tim McCarver on Thursday. And his longtime broadcast partner, Joe Buck, Now, with the four-letter, did a voiceover for MLB on Fox with a nice video tribute for uh, Tim McCarver.
3: Thursday, we lost one of the all-time greats, Tim McCarver, a catcher with the St. Louis Cardinals when they won two World Series, a player in the majors for 21 years. He was a colleague and a dear friend. As a broadcaster, he was a multiple Emmy Award winner and a Hall of Famer. I had the privilege of working with Tim for 18 years calling baseball on Fox. He worked a total of twenty-four World Series, sixteen of them with us. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred called him one of the most influential voices our game has ever known. He used all of his experience to teach the game to multiple generations.
1: It was very nice that they nice. let Joe Buck do that.
0: As well, they should have. I mean, he, they worked, have, absolutely. Yeah, he worked with McCarver for for years, and mm-hmm. they were they were close friends. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad to see there wasn't some
1: little axe animosity. to grind yeah,
0: yeah exactly that whole thing all right seven thirty-seven. it's a wine about a wednesday with talon wine we've got something that's grinding your gears today text or call us 970-242-1340 the chick-fil-a breakfast team phone line
2: first of all it's hilarious We're twisted individuals yes yeah!
1: the jim davis show on colorado's sports leader the team
0: Welcome back, 740. Jim alone with the Buckeye boy. It's a wine about a Wednesday with Talon wine. You could win a bottle of Talon wine today if you've got something you need to get off your chest. 970-242-1340, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. We've uh, been talking about Nate Oates, the Alabama coach, with the, uh, well, uh, pretty tone-deaf comments about uh, his player, Brandon Miller, that provided a gun to uh, former Alabama player Darius Miles that led to the the murder of a young woman. And Oates' fraction was, was kind of like, oh, you know, what they do away from what they do outside of practice. You know, don't have any control over that. Wrong place, wrong time. And he's since issued a, a, an apology, air quotes, on that whole thing. If you got something that's uh, grinding your gears, text or call us, 970-242-1340. All right. Uh, the Avalanche uh, have games coming up this weekend. We've got a few days off here, four days off. And... The the feeling was is that Kale McCarr would be available for this weekend. Uh, Avs play at Winnipeg coming up on Friday, and that McCarr, who uh, took a second hit to the head area, is now listed as day to day. He is in the concussion protocol right now. And uh, Jared Bednar appeared on uh, Altitude Sports Radio over in Denver. Our uh, our friends through Altitude mm-hmm. providing this audio, by the way. And uh, Mark Mosier asked Jared Bednar, hey, uh, Kale's probably going to be available for this weekend, right? Probably going to be able to, to play starting Friday when uh, the Avs play on Winnipeg. Uh, Jared Bednar had to uh, kind of uh, slam on the brakes, dump some cold water on the hope of Mark Mosier. Here's uh, Jared Bednar.
3: Well, you know, here's the deal. So, the Kale's had to he got he got hit in Pittsburgh, felt fine, came back in the game, um, passed all the tests, had a delayed response to his symptoms, so he went in, under the protocol and, and had to miss the allotted time. Everything was going great and and um, he was he comes back in St. Louis and then he gets hit again. Same thing. Like that was more like during the game it was his nose because he got the glove and sort of butt end of the stick or whatever in the face and and um, has troubles with his nose, but he he was feeling fine so he came back and played but he had a delayed response again on the symptoms so he's back under the protocol now um, and that timetable automatically puts him out for um, this weekend so, We'll be, you know, cautious with this, and and just trust the player again, and he, he understands it because he's been through it before. He's a veteran guy now, and and um, but we'll we'll keep an eye on him and see how it goes. But he, it, unfortunately, it's not just the nose that kept him out this time. It was sort of a delayed response. Like we had him scheduled to play that game against uh, Edmonton uh, this weekend, and uh, he wasn't able to do it. So. We'll just uh, monitor him and hope for a uh, speedy return, but it won't be uh, the two games of speaking.
0: All right, so that that's from altitude on uh, Jared Bednar, who feels comfortable with how they've approached Kale McCarr and these two hits mm-hmm. to the head, because there's been some concern about did the Avalanche handle this properly with Kale McCarr, and. Like Bednar said they, they thought it was his nose. He took a shot in the in the face, took a shot to the nose. And that when McCar arrived at Ball Arena on Sunday for the, the game with Edmonton, that he had a headache and felt pressure in his head, and so he did not go through warm ups and he got put on the shelf for that game. Do you have an issue with how the Avalanche have handled this with McCar? I I'm I guess I'm I'm satisfied from what I'm hearing from Jared Bednar. That that McCarr experienced delayed symptoms. Wasn't initially complaining of any anything. Passed the, the, the tests that they, they administered on him, mm-hmm. and was clear to go back and play. But I, I mean, we're we're now very cognizant of this more than ever because, well, of the Tua. growing because of Tua Tonga Viola mm-hmm. and the growing concern for the last decade on head or injuries. so on, on head injuries, mostly in the NFL but certainly as a factor in, in the National Hockey well, League. How much time did Sidney Crosby miss? Yeah. Right. But Bo Byram. Bo Byram. This, this last season. You know, most of the season, he was on the shelf because of concussion-related issues.
1: You know, and so, like, I guess I'm satisfied because... Satisfied's a weird, weird way to put it. I'm, I guess
0: you accept what they're telling you.
1: I accept what they're telling me because, you know, when they... When they came out, excuse me, with, well, he's got a headache. He's got this. He's got that. You're not playing. If it would have been he showed up to the arena, he's got a headache and some pressure, and they sent him out there to play as per usual, then I'd have a problem with it. But if he gets hit in the head, they put him through the tests. He passes all the tests. I mean, at that point, you're kind of like, well, he says he's fine because he's going to say he's fine because he's a hockey player, right? And, and players are conditioned to play. They're not conditioned to be like, yeah, you know, my right eye is a little blurry right now. I probably should. No, they're going to go out there, especially with the type of season the ABS are having. He's going to go out there. And so when you're like, all right, you passed all the tests. How do you feel? Yeah, I feel fine. Okay. Go back out there. I mean, what more do you want the team to do with
0: that? Yeah, one? I think the, the the question becomes: He wasn't you know, you know, out there stumbling, yeah.
1: bumbling around. You
0: know? Exactly. That you know, should he have played after the Pittsburgh game, and should he been on the ice for the St. Louis game? Mm-hmm. I, I guess the, the 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 thing that I have to my takeaway is: If he passed the tests, what else are they supposed to do? There's only so much if you, if you administer a test. For concussion symptoms, said player passes test. Mm-hmm. Said player is not complaining him any at that moment any any issues. Then what else do you do? When he got to the arena to play right. Sunday, he pressure his head, had a headache. Okay, dude, you're done. You're not playing today. I'm I'm just not sure how much more. Don't give the, the, him the hat the, the, uh, tip
1: for even saying anything. Yeah, it could have been very easy for Kale McCarr to keep that to himself. I'm just, just
0: going to go play. I'm not yep. going to tell him.
1: Like I'm fine. Crosby missed over a hundred games across two seasons with concussion history. Yeah, right in the middle of his prime, right where Kale McCarr's at right now. Exactly, year five, five or six,
0: and he has not had a history of this. Mm-hmm. But this is something. But boy, you be,
1: this is how the history starts, though.
0: This is how it begins, where you get a concussion. You come back and play too quickly, get another one, and then it starts to snowball from there. And let us hope the the, the Kale McCarr that time off here, that he's able to to come back and play soon. But man, I I, I want him I want him from the playoffs, and I, I need him for the stretch run here. And right now, if he if he has to miss a couple of games going into next week, additional time mm-hmm. off that is. That's that's the situation that needs to happen. If he's got to miss parts of
1: February and March, then that's okay. To be here for May and June, absolutely, I'm fine with that. Absolutely. And the thing, uh, I find it ridiculous. We talked about this last week to a certain extent. Since coming back from the All Star break, which was now two weeks ago yesterday, the AVS who haven't played since Sunday, played seven games in twelve days. Yeah, it's crazy. And now have four days off. You couldn't spread that out
0: a little bit? And then play Friday, Saturday, this week.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, instead of Sunday, Friday. It doesn't make any sense. The
0: the schedule for the Avalanche has just been absolutely horrible. This is not you and me being Avs fans. and
1: No. If this was any team, I go, wow, this is
0: a horrible schedule.
1: They played the seventh, the ninth, the eleventh, fourteenth, fifteenth, eighteenth, nineteenth. Yeah. So they had back to backs with three days off in between them. You couldn't spread those out.
0: I I agree. I agree.
1: And they've won four out of their last five. They're just now getting hot. Now you guys have you know, to sit around sh-
0: for a week. Now you got to shut them down for for four days. Mm-hmm. So Kael McCar out at you know at the moment going through the concussion protocol. But what about Gabriel Landeskog? Mentioned that he's started skating, returning from the knee injury, had the knee surgery. Here's uh, Bednar on Landy's return.
3: Uh, unfortunately, no. No no target. They, too early still. Uh, if you saw the video, he's just out there, um, you know, checking it out. He's,
1: he's Vic Lombardi <laughs> yeah. is what he's, he's He's pulling a Vic Lombardi. Yeah. He's Go just faster going than sand. I ever could.
3: That's right. Well, he may be, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he has a routine. Like he'll he'll go through this process, the the mechanics of the stride, um, and he'll work it into a spot where he's testing it more and straining it more, and see where see where it goes. So at this point, it's it's much too early to be able to set a date, but we're hopeful that like the the off ice conditioning kind of went through the same process, and it has him back to a point where he's on the ice, and now the on ice. Um, strengthening and conditioning hopefully goes really well, and he can keep moving it forward. You know, like hopefully the video you see next week is is much more strenuous and, and intense than the video we see this week about, and that will be uh, that could be a good sign. All
0: right, so there's uh, Jared Bednar on Gabriel Landeskog. So once again, baby steps. Right in case of yeah. Landy, getting closer, not quite there yet. But getting closer to to being back because they uh, they miss the captain, they do. Mm-hmm. They miss the leadership. They miss a steady the, hand. Yeah, the 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 two way play that he provides this team, and so uh, hopefully that will be the case in the very near future. That you know, with with the trade deadline coming up next month, and it remains to be seen what what the Avalanche do. Do they make a big move? I don't I don't know if they do or not.
1: I don't know if they can.
0: Yeah, that's that's, that's gonna be the thing. that's gonna be the problem from a contract standpoint from what they have in terms of dollars available, what you know, what's what does that look like for the avalanche?
1: And it does feel like dollars, not thousands of dollars, but just single dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It feels like their cap room is not really anything there.
0: Or they have a lot of flexibility mm-hmm. in terms of adding pieces to the trade deadline.
1: Spotrack, uh, the cap tracker, they had their estimated cap space is a dash mark.
0: Ooh, <laughs> ooh. So that's that, not great. That's not good. No, no, not good at all. So I mean, if you're, if you're the Avalanche and you're looking to add a piece here at the trade deadline, mm-hmm. you know, and some big moves have already happened. That. You know the, the Avalanche could be re- really limited in who they can potentially go after moving forward.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the NHL salary cap. It's at 82.5 million, right around there. The Avalanche are at 82.475 million. They got 25 grand essentially available.
0: Well, one of the guys that was a target was the factor Ryan O'Reilly, who's mm-hmm. now a Toronto Maple Leaf. And so that was it and that happened the day they were playing in St Louis when he got traded and so that was a player that they looked like was more of a rental situation but now that is off the board with him going to the Maple Leafs so the they're they're definitely financially limited cupboards getting a little bare yeah when it comes to guys that are available to they're, to to bolster this roster moving forward
1: they're dinged up because a lot they have over uh, nearly just under $7 million on the injured reserve in cap space, taken up by pretty much Eric Johnson.
0: Who's now out. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's on the injured
1: reserve, and there's a lot of money there, and they don't get any benefit from that.
0: All right, so text or call us today. We'd love to hear from you. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340 is a wine-abouted Wednesday with Talon Wine. And uh, Talon Wine, they always have the perfect wine for whatever you're serving pulling out of the oven or maybe you're still out there grilling as well. Braving the elements. Uh grilled Monday night. It hasn't been too bad? No. Did uh, grilled last week a little bit. So wasn't it. Hasn't it's, been that bad.
1: It's not bad at all. And if the if it's too bad to grill around here then it's like catastrophic bad weather. Unless your grill is like, you know, across the backyard and you have to snowshoe through like an Eskimo or something. If it's just on your back deck, out the door there.
0: On your patio, yeah. whatever. Yeah, you, exactly. You should be
1: able to grill in any weather.
0: Yeah, if, you have, if it requires a hike of more than like 15, 20 feet. Yeah. Then what? why do you have your grill over there? What are you doing? Exactly. What are you doing? You need Is no this work, your first day? You need no workout? What? Just make sure if you got uh, vinyl siding, don't set it too close to the back. Our uh, friend Drew Wilkins. D. Wilk. Used to work well, at Channel yeah. 8. Did that. He had his grill too close to the to the side of his house, the back of his house, and he had um, you know, the, the vinyl siding and uh, melted the side of his house,
1: didn't he?
0: Meets plastic. Mm-hmm. Heat wins every time in the battle with heat and plastic. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back with hour two. Text or call us today. We'd love to hear from you. 970 242 1340. The Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com.